Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her by her presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the podcast, we have Sarah Peck. She is a writer, startup advisor, yoga teacher based in New York City. She's the founder and executive director of Startup Pregnant, a media company documenting the stories of women's leadership across work and family. And she is an incredible human being with a lovely soft radio voice that I try to mimic. So I really think that you're going to enjoy this episode just because of the sound of her voice alone. So we are talking all about planning ahead for this year, how to eliminate 50% of your workload. And we're going through the process of the system she used to really figure out how much time she realistically had so she could plan accordingly. And if you're a mama or you're busy or you're a human, then you just (laughs) need to pay attention because we are going to go through an exercise with you that's going to take you step by step in a crazy reducing the things on your to-do list so that you can have a happier and more fulfilled life. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. I try to always do like a sexy radio voice when I'm (laughs) introing people to the show. I feel like I need to perfect that. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I'm so, so excited to have you here and talk about everything that you know about planning and more more so eliminating and eliminating based off like actual facts of what's true in our business and what the numbers tell us, but also for the sake of exploring other things in our personal life or business or whatever. And I feel like so many of our people have trouble steering away from the plan once it's made and they feel like, okay, but I spent all of this hard work planning it and getting my schedule perfect and knowing what I'm going to be doing this year. And then something just happens. Life happens or health happens or your mood changes or whatever. And then you're like, well, shit, (laughs) I'm just going to burn it all down and not do anything now. So I think maybe you can provide us with some ways to not do that today. (laughs) Awesome. It's one of my favorite things, but I'll admit that I'm not born naturally good at this. It wasn't like I... 
I woke up and all of a sudden was like, oh, I can say no to everything. It's probably my (laughs) Achilles heel. And it's something I have to practice and work really hard at to stay. And like, I'm constantly learning how to say no and learning how to get better at it. And I feel like it's almost this magic tool in business and in planning is if you can get really good at saying no, it's actually like this magic skill. Yeah. Well, talk to me about like, I feel like our our listeners are in two camps where they're at the very, very beginning of business and they feel like they have to, and they've been told by a lot of people, say yes to everything because you don't know where the doors are going to open. You don't know what that route is going to take you. And and I've said that, I've done that, I've been that type of business owner. And I truly believe like there's extra creativity, especially in those beginning stages where like you don't know where you are. So maybe explore some stuff. But then there's like the other half of our listeners who are like, I have too much shit on my plate right now. Like I need to be able to identify the things that are actually going to move me forward. Yeah. Okay. So I totally agree and understand because one of the things that's really helpful in making decisions is having data. And sometimes you don't have enough data to make a decision. So your job is to experiment. So you should go into that year thinking, well, I don't know what creates the most audience traction for me. So I'm going to run six experiments. They're each going to take two months. I'm going to try Facebook Live. I'm going to try writing for Forbes. I'm going to try all these different things. And at some fixed time point, I'm going to evaluate which one was the most effective. And this is where no one follows through on this. I'm then going to cut 75% of what I did. And when I did marketing strategy back in my architecture days, when I was working at architecture firms as a communication consultant, that was the thing that was constantly missing from the plan. Here's 10 things you can do. And at the end of the year, we're going to cut five of them, even if they're working, because five of them are working better. Yeah. So talk to me about the specific things you need to be assessing and how we are pulling that information, especially when you're including like outside media sources and stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of times we make decisions like we're going into a shopping center with a grocery cart and we're like, oh, what should I have for dinner tonight? Whatever looks good. And we just go around the store and we're like, every aisle, I'm going to pick something, which is not actually strategy and it's not actually planning. I know you talk about this all the time. So it's going back a step and having a good planning regimen, knowing what your goals are and what you want. If you don't have a clear sense of what you want, it's really hard to figure out what to do next. So that like the big meta conversation, this applies to everything, by the way. (laughs) All of life. All of it. For example, I was just getting into a really geeky conversation with somebody yesterday about task management software and whether to use Things 3 or Omnisystem or Asana or Trello or, and I've used probably almost all of them. And the (laughs) biggest problem with time management software is that people or task management software is people put in all of their items thinking that that's somehow going to give them some sort of prioritization. Mm -hmm. And you, the human, have to prioritize at the beginning and say, what is most important to me? So when I set up my quarter, I do quarterly OKRs. Do you, have you talked about what OKRs are? No. Educate us. Yay. Okay, great. OKRs, they come from Google. They're objectives is the O, key results are the KR. And they basically stand for what's your goal and how will you know once you've achieved it? Mm. A lot of people set goals and they say, I want to be healthier, you know, Mm -hmm. or I want growth. And then three months goes by and they're like, I kind of did it. I think like I don't, but <laughs> am, I have a metric. am I there yet? Did I do it? Mm-hmm. So the key result is, is asking yourself, 
three months down the line, how am I going to know that I achieved this thing? How, will it, how do I know that it worked? So it might be my objective is to grow my audience. My key result is that I'm going to have triple engagement in my Facebook group. I'm going to have triple the number of Twitter followers, and I'm going to have 500 more subscribers on my email list. So you measure. So I do that in the beginning of the quarter. I think quarters are really great for setting a plan. Three months is a perfect amount of time for a startup because you can get enough data. You can test one thing in month one, another thing in month two, a third thing in month three, and have results to look at without going a full year and being like, well, shit, (laughs) that was the wrong direction. (laughs) Nothing worked. I feel like that can be so enlightening and can really help people make decisions. And I know we've looked at, we didn't necessarily call them OKRs, but we definitely have a system of, we, we mostly refer to SMART goals where we're, we're trying to find something that is measurable and that we can track against it. And I was even just sitting here thinking, okay, well, if we're talking about health and personal goals and stuff, it was like, oh, like I've been on a mission to lose weight, but like literally what what is my OKR? And it's like, you know, maybe it's not necessarily completely measurable, but being able to shop in the regular people's section instead of plus size. Like, I know that sounds like arbitrary to some people, but for other people, that's going to be like massively huge and different and a a massive result. And so I want people to focus on it doesn't always have to be number driven. It just has to be something that you can literally say yes or no, this didn't happen. Exactly. You have to be able to know later on. And it's actually, it's a lot about psychology because if you don't understand your future state and how you feel, it's hard to measure against the past. You're like, do I feel fitter? Like, do I feel healthier? I ate an apple, but then I ate these four cookies, like, which is literally my day today. Right. And (laughs) and, it's like, I don't, you know, and it's hard to have that state without having some way of measuring it. And, and that, you to know, which to me is very gratifying as a business owner, because otherwise it's like, I mean, it's already a thick swampy soup out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that gives a lot of freedom to people who are just starting or who are like, okay, but I don't know how many people I should say is my goal after the end of three months. Like just pick a freaking number. And like, then that number is going to drive the data for the next quarter and the next quarter. Like you don't have to look 12 months ahead. Like we're not asking you to do that blindly. Just do it for a chunk of time and then tweak it. Right, right. And your experiments can be like your OKR can be run experiments and see what happens, right? Absolutely. It can be learn how much growth I get in an average month. Yes. Right. And then you say, okay, great. Now it's March. You know, three months have gone by. I want to see if I can improve that by 20%. So I, like, I grew my subscribers 100 each month. That's awesome. What if I can grow now by 125 each month? Yes. Yes. I love that. So I know personally, like you're working towards growing your family and planning ahead on like taking maternity leave. And I'm having major flashbacks to when we were planning. <laughs> when we were not doing this very well. <laughs> it's not that we weren't doing it very well. It was just, it is scary. Like I haven't had kids, but it is so scary to like say, 
I am going to walk away from my business for seemingly an undetermined amount of time. Because you can say I'm going to be gone for weeks, but then you might have major health problems or your baby's crazy or like (laughs) whatever. And so I know there's a lot of women listening to this audience and a lot of them are in this stage of life. So talk to me about what you're doing to plan ahead. Yeah. So we had our first kid almost two years ago. I say we generously. I mean, I pushed the baby And And one of our questions over the last year was, will we, do we want to have a second kid? And if so, what does that look like for our careers, mm-hmm. for our lives, for our businesses? And when when we said, you know, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and 2018, we're gonna start trying for another kid. Yay! <laughs> what does that mean as a business owner? And I had my first pregnancy was shit. Like I was sick for mm-hmm. half of it. I vomited a tremendous amount. I was in bed for 14 hours, like most times, most nights. And it really surprised me how hard it was. So I was like, okay, I have data, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to plan this differently. And (laughs) Emily's laughing because she knows I'm such a numbers geek. (laughs) But also, like, what is the smart way that I can plan ahead? And my business is one of those like composite businesses where I do a lot of things. I'm a writer, I have online courses, I run a mastermind, I do public speaking, and I host a podcast. And then last year, I was starting a new adventure. And I just kind of looked at this potpourri, this portfolio, and had to do some hard thinking about where am I going to spend my limited energy, especially if I don't have as many hours. So I sat on a bed and I started doing this time mapping project where, and I, it's like going to sound super obvious because it, they're not difficult questions. It's just, it was kind of mind blowing when I looked at it, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked myself, how many hours? This is for, there's three questions. So I'll walk you through the whole thing if that's all right. Yeah. 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 The first one is how many hours do I have in a week? Right. And that's okay. like people like, yeah. like, wait, what do you mean? I said, okay. Like, <laughs> but how many hours do I have? And you have to incorporate a lot of things. Like how many hours of daycare coverage do you have? Some moms have mm-hmm. 10 and then they include nap time. So they might have 18 hours a week. Some people have 40 hours of daycare coverage. Some people work only three days a week, etc. But then start to take into account, do you exercise? Do you have doctor's appointments? Do you commute? Do you take a regular lunch? Right? All of those things are part of your normal day and pretending they don't exist is falsifying the data. It's it's not being honest about what, what's happening. So I started to add it up. How long does it take to take my kid to daycare? I do yoga and I really enjoy exercising. I try to take an hour of exercising every day. And I said, you know, I want to plan that in because that's my best week. And if I don't get to it. I'm not as great. I get grumpy. I'm not a great wife. I'm not a great (laughs) mom. And I realized on my best week, I have 26 hours to work. Huh. Okay. Okay. All right. Like I can work with that. You know, what does that mean? And then step two, how many weeks do you have in your best year, your ideal year? Mm. What's your gut response to this Mm. one? Mm -hmm. How many weeks do you work? Well, just, just because we kind of paid attention last year. Mm-hmm. It's really for us only about yeah. eight months a year. And so between all the shit that happens. Yeah. Previously, <laughs> I would have been like all of them. I have oh, all yeah. of the events. Maybe take out one for holidays, but I have like, I have all of them. Yes. So 
common culture says that you have 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And the simple math, back of napkin math, when you're doing salary calculations or other things, it's that you have 50 weeks a year. Right. Like an easy way, or you have 2,000 hours a year, right? Like all of these are kind of proverbial wisdom in business lore for a white man who has a wife at home. Let's add uh-huh. that caveat. Well, that's usually uh-huh. how it's calculated yeah. because it's from an era when that's what was happening. So then how many work weeks do I have in my best year? Well, there's two weeks of standard holidays. There's two weeks of paid vacation. Usually people usually get 10 days in a normal business. My husband and I take a four-week sabbatical every year. If that's something you want to design your life around add it in. Factor that in. Exactly. I get sick. I have a toddler. I get sick, right? (laughs) So two weeks of sick leave for me, that's 10 days, right? If we're looking at a standard Mm five-day work week, two weeks of sick leave for my kid because he and I do not get sick at the same time and I have to be home when he's sick. What else did I include? A couple of other things. But roughly speaking, when I added it all up, it was 40 weeks. I had 40 weeks to work in a given year, which is, you know, you said, you said eight months. I'm about 10 months here. Yeah, I think I actually meant what <laughs> yeah. you said. I think we about, I think it was about 12 weeks off yeah. cumulatively. Yeah. And that includes, you know, sick leave. It includes going to funerals. It includes like, I mean, like all the, if you literally were to keep a journal for a whole year of all the randomness that comes up, it's insane. <laughs> it totally is. And it's it's one of those things where you can either pretend it doesn't happen and keep trying to plan a five-day work week mm-hmm. when you really only have three or four days, or you can revert your strategy and say, hey, I'm only ever going to plan three days in a given yeah. week. And Friday's a bonus if I ever get it. <laughs> well, because if you don't do that, that's what leads to so many business owners feeling like they're never accomplishing anything, how they don't have enough time in the day, and they beat themselves up about all of these tiny things when like... You're not even like looking at what you actually have. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we can get into the woo-woo side of bending time and doing all that magic right. in another episode because I'm also <laughs> that person. Like I totally yeah. believe in that as a thing. But I think there's such power in being able to look at what you have and say, okay, what am I working with? So if you do the math for me, 26 hours on my best week, 40 weeks in a year, it's actually 1,000 hours. It's half wow. Half. of what people estimate. And I was like, okay, alarm bell started ringing where I was like, I think this is why I feel like a crazy person when I design my time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you're designing for the white man <laughs> reality. It is not <laughs> your life. Well, so it's so hilarious. Cheryl Stray said something about this that I loved. If you ever read, I'm, I do a lot of writing. So if you ever read like the morning routines of writers and you hear they're like, you get up for three yeah. hours and you write and you're uninterrupted and you like walk in the woods <laughs> and you're in your cabin <laughs> you're like walking home and then you like have your lunch. And you realize that most of these academics from the 1800s and 1900s literally had someone bringing them lunch and minding their kids. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you and me, we're not the same. Like, mm. so we are not the same. I mean, I order Postmates probably more often than I should, but still not the <laughs> totally. same. <laughs> totally. So just take it all with a grain of salt and realize yeah. like, oh, and, and this exercise is super important for people who only have 10 hours a week because your time is actually even more precious because you have 10 hours a week and you're only working four months a year. All of a sudden, maybe you're only working with 400 hours a year. Oh my God. Right? And yeah. like, what? I want to do this math on what we actually do. Yeah. To get it's probably really close to what she's saying though, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. So based on all that, how did you create your don't list? Yeah. Okay. So there's step three, which I'll go through like from a high level, which is to now you have to look at your business data. What do you spend your time on? 
And for me, I had about eight categories, writing, marketing, team meetings, because I have four contractors and writing them emails and meeting with them takes time. Mm-hmm. Public speaking, podcasting, what else is on there? I think lead generation, like meeting new people, lunches with people, yeah. right? Relationship building, all of these things. So I started dumping them onto a page and just, if you don't know where to start, look at three months in yeah. your calendar, paper calendar, Google calendar, just look back and say, where has my time gone? And then start doing broad categories and include include wishlist items. Like I really need three hours a week to spend on marketing, but I'm not having the time to do it because it's important to know like what's important for your business that's not getting done. Mm-hmm. And so I got these big categories and I added it up and I realized I was planning and I calculated how many hours a week on an average week. So, okay, I spend about eight hours a week doing podcasting. I spend about you know six hours a week writing articles, that kind of thing. I realized I was planning an average week of 63 hours of work. <gasps> just mentally. Like I hadn't, I didn't actually map it to my calendar, but. Right. But your mental expectations of what should be done that week. Which is like nearly twice as much time as you have. Almost three times. It was just insane because I only have 26 hours. So I was just like, okay, like I can understand why I feel insane. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Now that makes sense. And (laughs) this is where the question you asked earlier about pregnancy and planning ahead for family becomes interesting because then I put this one thing you can always do in designing a system is up the ante. Mm -hmm. So I just rolled up the dial and I said, great. What if I had half as much energy for the next year? What if I feel sick and I'm pregnant the whole time? I was like, Whack. <laughs> Cut those Whack. hours in half. <laughs> you, you, you now have 13 hours a week on your best week. And for some reason, it gave me so much clarity about what I had on my plate. And it's, I looked at it, I said, podcast, running the mastermind, writing these articles. Well, there's absolutely no way I can do it. And I imagined myself feeling super sick, having to sleep a lot, and only having the chance to get one or two things done a week. And I asked myself, what's first? Mm-hmm. What's the most important thing for my business? Mm-hmm. So the most lucrative thing in my business is my mastermind. The most promising thing in my business is the podcast, Startup Pregnant, what I'm building. I got sponsors for the podcast before we launched. And I asked four people and I got four sponsors, which was stunning to me and showed me that there was space to grow. So all of last year in 2017, I funded my new startup, Startup Pregnant, with the revenue from the mastermind. And going into 2018, I took a leap, which I'm able to do because I have a partnership and I have savings in the bank from past business. It's only going to last about half the year. But Mm -hmm. I have six months to get enough sponsorships to carry Mm -hmm. me through the next six months. And I decided that the first most important thing was the podcast because speaking events took way too much time. I could show up on podcasts for an hour and achieve the same reach. The mastermind I cut for 2018, which was a shock to me. I didn't think that that would be a result. But I said, you know what? If I go all in on getting sponsorships and building this podcast, I'll be set up in a place with a bigger audience and a community that I can launch a mastermind to after my next little one is six months old. And then where did clients fall into that? So I stop. I say no to clients now. It just from an hour to hour perspective, you can get into the details of like, how much does it do I make per hour on each thing? And the graph of where sponsorships can go per hour is mm-hmm. a power curve, I believe is what it's called. It's just so much more promising. And it's also an experiment that I will have 
data on within six to 12 months. Like I'm going to know whether or not this worked. And I have a client base and I have a mastermind base and I have an email list that allow me the cushion of being able to switch tracks in 12 months if it didn't work. Right. I feel like so often people are scared to make these crazy, I mean, somewhat crazy decisions that sound so definite when in reality you have the power to make another very definite decision and completely change direction. And, (laughs) you know, we spent a solid year making Emily and I virtually obsolete from our business, which sounds crazy considering like we're the face of it and people only know us and they have no idea who else works for us and all this other stuff. But we spent an entire year seeing how little we could work, basically. And we doubled our <laughs> revenue. Which is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you focused on systematizing. Yes. Yeah. And 100%. operations. Because the, the episode with Angela is so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah that's something that people, there's entrepreneurship and there's freelancing. Um, there's being a creative business owner. And then there's, there's designing a business that works without you. And I think there's something really beautiful yes. about designing systems that work without you. And for me... This is this feels like a huge risk. It's requiring a lot of courage. I've spent a lot of my life doing work for hire and being a consultant and being a ghostwriter. And like the hardest part is I'm getting more inquiries now because of the the reputation I've built. And I'm getting these leads coming in. And I it's like Yeah. It's like I can make a quick dollar, right? Like I can it's like, oh, but I could just like I could just like make some mm-hmm. money. But mm-hmm. every moment that I'm spending doing that writing project for the client is time I'm not spending reaching out and pursuing the next enormous guest for my podcast and doing a great job of storytelling. And like a friend of mine told me the other day, she said, there is money waiting behind Mm -hmm. the email that you have not sent yet. And if I spend that, like I could make whatever it is, my hourly rate for writing this one piece. And then I'm literally just downstream exactly where I am again. That's the huge brick wall where we were at in 2016 of we just landed a $20,000 client and realized we could keep that up and keep saying yes to those things and keep building that type of business. And it could go a little bit up. We could maybe make it agency. We could maybe go this route or (laughs) we could see longer term things and we could lay the foundation for something even bigger and say yes to different tracks that would soon, but not right away, show us that it could make that $20,000 client seem tiny. And it's scary when you're doing that. But I don't I think if we're not comfortable with truly like, yes, doing the math and knowing the numbers, but like testing the things and then going back and evaluating the things. If you're not doing that in your business, when it comes time to make these quick decisions on trying to decide a different track, for your life, your health, your sanity, whatever, you're going to be scared. And you might make the wrong decision at that moment because you don't have the data to boost you up. Well, and the really cool thing about doing exactly what you did is say you're pregnant, but like this pregnancy is like magical and like you're not in bed all the time and you have way more energy. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but like you have planned for the worst case scenario And so anything better than this is Joyce, it's going to give you opportunity to make choices. You could spend more time on the business. You could take your kid out of childcare and go to the park 
like, and you get to decide. Go take the walks in the woods like old writers do. <laughs> I get a massage. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's such a, you know, that's such an edge and an interesting thing for me right now. It, it touches on a couple of things. First, the mindset of of staying open to possibility and then also leaving white space in your business mm-hmm. like yes when i have extra hours sometimes i'm like oh I, yes i will take this client project and the more i get better at saying no and getting super clear because the inquiries are not going to slow down like i'm going to get more and more of them in business i imagine everybody listening this is going to happen to you more people know about you more people reach out and so it's like being able to say you know what Nope, I have nothing on Friday and I still want to have nothing on Friday. Mm-hmm. It is so, like I said at the beginning of the episode, not in my DNA, working on practicing it. Right. That's my job right now. <laughs> Same. It's a conversation we have with so many people. I feel like we're having this talk every single week with someone new to constantly be digging into, okay, but what should we be doing? Okay, but what should we add and what should we not add? And you know, it's something that I brought up in a deeper conversation a couple weeks ago of like, okay, we're, we're working smarter, not harder. And it's happening. It's working. But now what? Yeah. It's like, what do you do with that extra space? And it's, it's something... So have you guys read the four-hour work week? I haven't. Uh, It's been a while, but yes. So I haven't read it, but I listened to the episode where Tim talks about what he wrote. And he said, there's a chapter in there that everyone skips. That's the most important chapter. And it's at the end of the book. And it says, once you have all this free time, what are you going to do? Well, now I need to go read this chapter. (laughs) Just that one. (laughs) And he says, he argues, or he makes the case that like, if you don't practice living the type of life you want to live of inquiry, of stillness, of meditation, of pleasure, like all of the pieces that you purportedly say that you're craving, you actually Mm -hmm. won't be able to do it once you get there. Mm -hmm. It's why so many people who are workaholics retire and then keep working because they don't actually have, they haven't practiced the habit of doing the thing they think that they want to do. And he says, get super clear on that and start practicing your better self and your deeper self now today. This is so like, I am going to make my husband listen to this because (laughs) he, we spent this conversation, we were talking about money and we were talking about like areas of life we want to spend it in. And I told him that having a nice home is really important to me because I spend 90% of my life in my home. Okay. His number one category was entertainment. Which is hilarious to me because if you look at like spending analysis of where you spend your time, like literally it's been between zero and $50 for over the last year and a half. And Mm. I'm like, it's your number one priority. And we've made zero attempts to fill this part of you up. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard as a spouse to like watch them say they want something so badly and it not be at all in practice. Yeah. That's so interesting. And that, I think it relates too to this saying yes and saying no, because for us and our family getting really clear on what we will spend money on, the other side is getting really clear on what we don't Mm -hmm. spend money on. And 
I love a good massage. It's how I stay healthy. I'm like a very kinesthetic physical person and I'm trained as a yoga teacher. And so just getting my body healed feels really good to me. Uh, It's outrageously expensive compared to the other things that I buy in my life. And for a long time, I never spent that money and I got very angry that I couldn't do it. Like it was this, uh, this thing. I also spend a lot of money on books. One thing I realized that I do not care about is restaurants. Never cared about them. Don't need them. I know a lot of my friends who love going out to eat. I tried it. I try to like it. Doesn't I work. Tried it. <laughs> like, I just, it's so hard for me. So like I make a mean pot of Dominican rice and beans at home. There's, sorry about the siren as well. Uh, New York City life. And like we have $2 dinners all the time because then I go spend my, my dollar dollars on the massages. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that people pretend that they don't have wants and that people are, and I see this a lot in women, is they are very much concerned about everyone else in their lives that they don't like step back and uh, like make decisions about what they would like. And this could be for anything. It could be, Oh, let's go out to dinner tonight. What do you want? Oh, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You have an opinion. <laughs> you just have to share that you have an opinion about these things. And I think when we start talking about like designing the year we want or doing the things we want, you have to acknowledge first before you can do any of this that you actually have wants. You might not be fully aware of them yet. Well, and I think that's my struggle as I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if we were to sit here and say, okay, where do we want to be spending our money and what are, where are we not spending our money and what do we don't want to spend our money on? I think it's interesting because I think the things that I, I would say in conversation that I want to be spending our money on, we're not. So if we're not doing that, because for one reason or another, I'm then spending it in all of these other categories to make up for the fact that we're not doing it over here. And so then it leads to the conversations of, well, we can't afford these bigger things because we're spending money in all of these places. So it's just this weird dynamic of like, you can still spend the money, but oh yeah, are you're you happy on what you're actually spending it on. You're, you're filling the holes. Like right. that question, "What do you want?" can be a really terrifying question. Oh yes. If you sit with that question for five minutes, it can be extremely uncomfortable. It's actually the source of a lot of our busyness. Like busy is a disease, and so we we stay busy to hide the fact that we don't actually know what our deeper desires are. And I, I worked with a coach, a really high level coach, who's like. He's magical woo woo trained, like NLP programming stuff. Like, <laughs> magical like, I mean, but he would trace my eye movements and like watch the way that I like held my body, and it was it was really intense. But his, I, after about eight months, I realized he only ever asked me one question, and the question was, "What do you want? What do you want?" He goes, "Okay, and what would having that do for you?" And mm-hmm. what do you want? And what would having that do for you? And I was like, I, I see your game. I see what you're but, doing here. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. But it's, it was such a hard question because mm-hmm. I said, well, I, I want my kid to be home from daycare more. And he's like, okay, what would having that do for you? And it's like the five whys. If you ask yourself that question multiple times in a row and just sit with the discomfort of being like, I don't actually know what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you know, what I really want is not to be in this job or what I really want is not to be this busy or I don't think I want to be a famous writer. Like the stuff comes up that you're not always like ready for. Right. But it's it's such an important question because there's Mm -hmm. such power in 
And once you can articulate it and see it, I, at the end of that coaching session, I had this vision of me doing, oh, I don't know the name. I think it's King Dancer Pose in yoga. It's like this crazy balance, one-legged balance pose with the other leg behind you and you're like holding it. And I had a, I had a baby on my head, like in a wrap. I had a baby on my head and I was writing. Oh, what? And I just had this like super clear vision that I wanted to be very like physically in tune with my body, mm. athletic, a mother, and I wanted to be writing. And I, that in my, that picture has not left for a long time. And it was, I mean, knowing what you want, your deepest desires, like Danielle Laporte talks about, it helps you cut the nonsense out as well. Cause you're like, I don't give a damn about fucking restaurants. Like, <laughs> it's like, like not for me. Right. But like, daily yoga class, I'm like, I'll say no to everything else to make that happen. And I think that's okay. Acknowledging that you don't know what you want is better than trying to fill it up with something you think you might want sort of kind of. Yeah, I want to be there. I want I want to know my deepest desires. I don't know at all. I couldn't agree more. And also, it goes back to what we're talking about in the beginning about you go through these iterations of clarity and and then discovery. And the discovery part is, oh, I don't know what I want. I'm going to try five (laughs) new things this year. I'm going to do like pottery classes and I'm going to try guitar lessons and I'm going to like learn a new language and I'm going to give each of them a fair shot. I'll spend enough time on them to see. And like through that experimentation and discovery, you get more data. Like you're like, nope, repulsive. Don't want that. Right. (laughs) Or, and later on you're like, well, that's really interesting. I really liked like the tactile sensation of clay and art making. I think I'm going to do something else artistic. And two and a half years later, you're doing stand-up comedy with UCB (laughs) and like, like talking to the broad city chicks and you don't know how you got there, but you love it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's how our entire business has been. I don't know how I got here, but I love it. I mean, good. Yay. Like, which is a great thing. I just want to keep doing more of that in all the other aspects of my life. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I see the quarters, quarters I'm obsessed with because I think three months are really magical and they're tied to the seasons. But I think like each quarter you get to decide whether you're in expansion or stabilization or contraction mode. Like, are you in in growth and outreach? And I think about this when I think about like my networking efforts, I cannot sustain a pace of meeting new people every week. But there are some seasons when I am like, I'm like the weirdest extrovert of myself. Like I'm, I'm out there, I'm shaking hands. I'm like really good at dinner parties. I'm, and I'm like, oh, I'm in an expansion phase. Like I'm really craving meeting new people. And then other times I'll put on my email, I'm not meeting anybody new for an entire quarter. I'm writing. I'm like, if you want to meet, great. How's like winter of next year? How's next year? <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's, I feel like that's how I am 98% of the time. <laughs> like, I don't want to meet you. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. True. Yeah. Just know, okay. about, know about yourself. It's fine. Yeah. You're like, that sounds like a great idea, except let's not. And you stay there. I'll stay here. We'll call it. I wish I could, but I don't want to. It's like my favorite ever. Oh I love watching kids too for this reason because yeah, I get so much. I feel like there should be a management book written just for, like from what I learn about my children because, because it's like, no, I don't want to. Or hi, I like you. And you're like, I don't want to. Those are baller lines. I should use those. <laughs> Hi, I like you. Let's Hi, be friends. I like you. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Penny to start forming actual English sentences because she says stuff now. Like, I'm pretty sure she cursed me out last night because she got in trouble, but it was in her own gibberish. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's good. 
Well, I love that. I think we could talk about planning and eliminating all day, but how about you let our listeners know where sure. they can hang out with you more online? We skipped a whole section. Oh, I did. Sorry. <laughs> beep, Spoiler beep, alert. Back up. <laughs> Go back. Okay. Rewind. <laughs> Let's talk strategy to me. <laughs> okay. If someone is wanting to truly assess the shit that they've got going on every day, every week, and all the weeks of the year... Maybe let's recap some of those questions that you ask yourself to to start to map that out. One, how many hours do you have in your best week? Two, how many weeks do you have in your ideal year? And then three, how long do things take you on average in any given week? Those are the key dad points. Do those now, guys. After this episode, after this sultry radio voice <laughs> lulls you to go map this out, do that. Take a piece of paper and start mapping it out. I truly think, I mean, as you've heard in this episode, but the answers that you get from that and the realizations that you get from that of what you're actually doing and not physically able to do is going to, I think, give you guys a big sigh of relief. And I'll add a caveat because if people are super busy and they feel like they don't have time to do this, which is a position I've been in time and time again, start canceling appointments and breaking commitments. It's oh, that important. <laughs> it's that important to get a clear day. A clear day or a half a yes. day to plan ahead for the next quarter is more important than anything else. Everything can be broken and dropped. It doesn't matter who like it feels like it's super important to be doing everything, but you can shift and say actually no dinner party. Yeah, uh-uh. exactly. I cancel on people all the time. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Love it. Okay, well, now tell us where people can hang out with you online. My website is startuppregnant.com. So I'm the executive director of a media company. We have a podcast, the Startup Pregnant Podcast. And we're on all the socials as at Startup Pregnant. But the one we're active on the most is Instagram. Get it. I love it. Well, thank you for that, Sarah. Thanks. This is great. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.